This podcast is brought to you by NeuroCreative Studio, the number one provider of one-to-one applied neuroscience coaching and development programs designed to enhance your creativity and effectiveness. Find out more at neurocreative.studio. You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. My thing is helping people understand how our brains work so that we can be better and do better in any area of life that's important to us. So as well as bite-sized brain science, I'll be bringing you interviews and advice from experts and guests who specialize in working with entrepreneurs and leaders to help them explore potential, possibilities, and ways to be more effective. And the best bit? We can start right now. Show me the child and I'll show you the man, as Carl Jung put it, or in this case, the woman. After a corporate career that reached a level that left her little room to grow, Judith Keyes threw in the towel and picked up a tea towel. Judith has loved food and cooking since she was a tot, so it'll sound to many like she's living the dream. And we tease this out. The dreams that call to us, or as she puts it, things that are knocking on your brain from the inside. And why sometimes doing the things we're told are the right things are in fact exactly the wrong things. We'll also talk about the signals to change, creating safety nets, and the agility, patience, and resilience that we need to have while transitioning to a new venture. And of course, we couldn't have a foodie in the house without talking favorite dishes. And you'll never guess what she picked. So, Judith, it is really nice to actually speak to somebody who has gone out and just thought, you know what, I am going to completely change what I'm doing and do the thing that I really want to do. So I wonder if you can, first of all, tell us, just give us a quick overview of what it is that you do now and what it, what it was that you did then. Okay. I worked in corporate for a long time when I finished university and it was sort of accidental. Um, I fell into it because I needed a job when I'd finished uni and I was good at it. So I was there for eight years. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, I can go into that later, but yeah, the, then what I do now is very, very different. Um, and there is a reason I've made the choices I've made along the way. But yes, now I run a foodie business called My Food in France. And that is because I am living in the south of France, in Provence. I've been here for 10 years and I run cookery classes. I have foodie membership. Um, I have a free group that people can come and join and be a part of and learn about local markets and recipes that I cook here. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm hoping to run retreats next year. That's the big goal is mm. to get some people out here and show them around where I live and take lots of foodie tours and cook together. So um, yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, this this really sounds like, uh, for a lot of people, I'm sure this sounds like living the dream. I mean, it doesn't sound like you had a, a terrible time before that. You were good at what you were doing and presumably it was paying you reasonably well anyway. So what was the what was the tipping point for you? What was it that made you go, you know what, I am going to do this thing that is um, that that is in my mind that's calling to me that I really feel uh, would make a, a difference to my quality of life, maybe? I think there, there's been two big changes in my life as an adult. And the first one was probably moving from 
my corporate job uh, in Edinburgh because I worked there. It was been to uni in Edinburgh, so I stayed on there and and got this job um, that I was, you know, it was fine. I was good at it and I loved the people I worked with. Um, but it wasn't doing what I really loved to do. Mm. So what I really loved to do was cook and bake and I'd always loved that. And I had, there are slides of me. I don't know if you remember slides. Most people probably, <laughs> it's photos and, you know, Things now, but yeah, there's slides of me as a kid in the garden making mud pies, and you know, I cooked mm. with my gran all the time. She taught me how to make shortbread and good scones and all these, you know, mm-hmm. classic, mm-hmm. gorgeous Irish recipes. And uh, when I was working in corporate, I I started a, a baking business on the side. So you know, it's always been there. It's all you know. Mm. So I would come home from my day of work and tackle into making 120 cupcakes for a wedding that weekend (laughs) or you know and I loved it it wasn't like work it was just oh this is my happy place and I just Mm. it you know I needed to make the money from my other job and you know but I sort of did this as I don't love the term side hustle but that's what I did and it was what I loved um and I think the reason then I, I decided to come to France for a few months, I got a sabbatical from work and my parents already lived here in France. So my sister and her children, they'd already all moved out here. We we're a big Francophile family. So my parents had taken early retirement and I was sort of the last one to come. I thought I'll come and see, mm. see what it's like. So was that the tipping point? Was that what landing in France? Was that where you went, you know what, I need to be here? Um, so long Edinburgh, I, I'm France, I'm coming. Or was there another reason behind the, the the idea that you would actually have to change something? I think I just couldn't face being at a desk anymore, uh, Deirdre. I was, I knew I needed to change. I couldn't move any further in the position that I was in as well and I think I'm quite um I wouldn't necessarily say ambitious but I like a challenge and Mm -hmm. you know I just wasn't fulfilled I could do the job standing on my head um Mm. I'd got into a management role and it was in a law firm and because I wasn't a lawyer you know, lawyers can move up, you know, they go from sort of mm-hmm. trainee, solicitor, associate, you know, up to partner, whatever, and land on. Um, because I was in a different type of management role, you know, and I wasn't a lawyer, I'd reached a ceiling that I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't go up any further. And I just, I, I just was bored. I think that was yeah. it. I just knew mm-hmm. I was going into work every day thinking, right, you know, and I loved the people I worked with and it was a great organization, but I just, I had to I had to make a change and um, mm. I just bought my first house. It was so funny because it was like I was doing all the things you're meant to do, you know, get a good job, stay in it, work nine to five, buy your house, get on the property ladder. And I think I had my house six months when I thought, ah, yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. packed it all in and left. It was, yeah. yeah. But it's it's great that you actually recognised that this wasn't for you and you were able to pivot and do something mm. To change that, because I think, you know, I see a lot of people and they they don't respond to those signals that they're getting mm-hmm. and they end up staying a lot longer in the things that are not necessarily the right things for them. Mm. But so 
You said that you weren't overly keen on the term side hustle, which is um, absolutely understandable. So for a lot of people, the thing, it sounds like, um, you know, they are doing things on the side, side hustle, whatever you want to call it, uh, Mm. that are giving them, I guess, a sort of an escape from the work that they do that isn't maybe a, a perfect natural fit for them. But there's a difference between doing something as um, a, a creative vent or a, a hobby than there is in creating a new business from it. So when you move from that that phase of having this um, this thing on the side, whatever way you want to describe that, to mm-hmm. doing it full time, what is it that you noticed about that transition? Well, when I first moved to France, I suppose that this that was slightly different. I didn't know what to do when I first came to France. I just knew I needed a change and it felt, this might sound strange, but it felt like an easy one for me to come here. I suppose because my family were here, I had a bit of a safety mm. net. I wasn't really sure what to do to begin with. And that's when I felt I became a VA because I I knew I could do that role. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew I could I could do that work easily and I found clients back in the UK and that went really well for a few years as well. I had a really successful business and I still do have a lot of VA clients from that. So I haven't fully moved over to full time with this new business. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what I would like to say to anybody who is thinking of turning their side hustle into their full-time job mm-hmm. is it doesn't necessarily happen overnight and I am still really working on this new thing so it mm-hmm. is my dream and it is what I want to do but um I am still I still have my VA business so and I'm grateful for that at this moment in time mm. um and I think you know I just expected it to, because I had been successful in other things in my life, I just expected this new business to take off and that would be it. I could just leave the VA stuff behind and get straight into this new Mm -hmm. thing and that would be it. And it's been a real learning curve for me, Deirdre, because it's it's taken a little bit of time now. And um, I think the tipping point for me to, to change as well this time was again I felt like nearly I was back in the corporate role again I was doing this VA work yes I was in France and I was in this beautiful dreamy place but I was back at a desk every day again you know looking at a computer screen and Mm -hmm. doing a a job that I could do standing on my head so it, it served me well and I think that is really key Sometimes a job that is a bit boring can serve you very well whilst you're trying to do another thing. And I think, mm. you know, whilst my job is easy for me, I I love my clients and I get a lot of satisfaction from working with them. So that really helps. And then I can get my creative juices flowing with the foodie stuff on the side and just I'm yeah. just working really hard to, to make that a success. And I, I hope it will be. And in terms of the proportions, um, I'm, I'm, I suppose what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, that idea that when you're doing something um, almost in a, a hobby timing where it's, you know, it's outside of your main work, it has one feeling about it. But when it becomes the a main focus, if not the main focus, 
then you're spending more time on it. It's a, you know, you've got more responsibilities mm-hmm. attached to it. You've got more musts instead of want tos, maybe. Um, so have you noticed any changes in, in that or is that still, is it still like really just flowing well for you? It is flowing well. I love it, Deirdre. I feel so excited and fulfilled and happy and all the words that you could think of mm. to describe doing work that doesn't feel like work because it's what I love. So I'm, you know, doing my cookery classes and I'm back, you know, working with ingredients, chatting to people, which I love to do as well, Mm. and imparting some sort of knowledge and helping other people to make use of good ingredients. I'm also doing a a menu planning and, you know, time and money saver thing Mm. in my membership this month where we're talking about you know, what can we do to save time and money? That's what we all mm. want to do at the moment, you know, especially if you have a family. So we're working on that this month and I'm going to do a session um, to show how I do my my meal planning. And I just love, I love my whole thing about helping other people and working as a VA was a bit like that too. Um, mm. I've always had that. So I think that comes into this new business. Plus I just get to cook and work with amazing ingredients and do that. So yeah, it doesn't feel like work. (laughs) You're an absolute poster girl for transitioning (laughs) careers, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I know that we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, this idea that it doesn't necessarily happen as quickly as you might think. Um, So for... Uh, and and you were in a great position there that you had the um, the backup. And I've talked to a previous guest about this as well. And he talks about, you know, creating a runway. Um, and the way he was looking at it was that, you know, he had a certain amount of a cash cushion and then he was able to say, right, OK, that gives me X amount of months to to work this. And then he took on a job in a restaurant and that gave him another little bit of flexibility to do it. But how important would you would you say that planning that is or has it been for you um, to allow yourself the time to to grow this? Because businesses don't happen overnight, no matter what we're told um, by the, the kind of development gurus and all the rest of it. It really does take some time, doesn't it? I, I think that's a great question because uh, I would probably encourage your listeners to plan a bit better than I have. I'm a great one at helping other people to plan, but I have not. I just had this idea and this passion and decided I want to wanted to put it out there. And mm-hmm. you talked earlier about the tipping point for me. And I think the tipping point was wanting to change. But also I had just had my second baby and I had had some time away from my desk. I took four months um, after he was born. I finished up work, like, I think it was the Friday and gave birth to him on the Monday. So that's just, it was just crazy. Uh, when you run your own business, that's what it's like. You just start mm-hmm. in it all the time. And I didn't know how I was going to take time off, but I did. And it gave me the headspace, the, the time uh, for reflection and probably what I should have been was planning but no I just was like I need I want to do this I had I, I had time and space to think I suppose about how I could do it and what I wanted to do and but I think I could have 
been a, maybe a bit more strategic about it. I don't know. But I mean, I, I suppose the thing is, I don't want to put anybody off. I don't think you need a big plan either. It doesn't have to be set in stone. Mm. You don't need a website. You don't need all this stuff that people think you need when you start a business. Just put it put out there what you can do and people will, if you're good at it and you like it and you're genuine, they will, they'll want to come yeah. and see what you're up to, I think. So um, I, I'm quite, what I want to say, I'm sort of pleased that I didn't get too bogged down in the detail. I think that's what I want to say. I just wanted to mm. just go for it. And I suppose I have the luxury of having the other business still yeah. going on the side. Um, so that that makes a difference. It's not it's mm. not necessary for my, you know, for my family or my livelihood at the minute. But um, I'm hoping well, that it becomes the thing that that works. You know, t- tell me, I mean, it, um, there's a great book that I'm always talking about called Grit by a lady called Angela Duckworth. And um, she actually talks about. Um, a very famous chef in in this book as a case study who says that, you know, although she um, absolutely loves food and working with food now, it wasn't something that, you know, she always knew she wanted to do. And I'm just wondering, um, you know, you've, you've obviously kind of come to this in a slightly uh, circuitous way, I guess, because it, it wasn't, I mean, there's been a thread of it for you for a long, long time. How this is going to sound like a, a a weird link here, but go with me. How how persistent would you say you are? I think I'm pretty persistent. Yeah, um, especially for something that I love, um, and I think because it has always been knocking on my brain from the inside. If that makes sense, it does. I couldn't ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was mm-hmm. just always there, like you say, this thread this love, this passion for something. And like you said earlier about poster girl, like I don't feel that way. But when I talk about what I do, so many people are like, wow, you're doing what you love. I can't believe that. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, you know, I never really thought I, I would be able to, but why not? You know, it's there. Don't ignore it. Yeah. There's a reason it's there. And I think people feed off that energy too. When you are doing something that you love, People want yeah. to be part of that. They can you tell do. when you're not, you know, when you're not authentic and the whole word of authenticity is such a big thing at the minute. But I get that, you know, why yeah. people want to be a part of something authentic and real and they can tell when it's not. So, mm. you know. Well. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And I think, um, you know, this ties back into the very start of our conversation where you were talking about, you know, doing all the right things and the, uh, you know, I should get a good job and I should buy a house and I should be this, that and the other. And very often, I think we just kind of slide along with the expectations that are kind of handed down to us. And we don't necessarily question them because, you know, people want good things for us. And if we're given this advice about, right, well, this is, you know, this is a great way to build your life. Then when you are in your 20s and you don't really know that much, you kind of go along with that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that is that is what I did. I fell into that. Do I want to say trap? Is it a trap? I don't know. A lot of people do like that and like the routine. And, you know, I spoke to someone recently who said, oh, God, I couldn't do what you do, you know, just 
like starting a business without really planning and just doing it. And, you know, they needed to have everything set out and planned three months ahead, you know, at any one time. And um, and that for me is I couldn't do it that way. You know, I just it because I fail in flow, I think um, I always have something that I can say or do or talk about. Uh, and that's what feels very different to me, although I am good at the VA stuff. I couldn't sit here and talk to you for 30 minutes about VA work, you know, like, you know. Well, I'm not sure I'd have invited you to. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. It always felt a little bit sort of unsexy, even though it's extremely useful and such a practical thing for a lot of people. It's, it's also, I, I'm sure there must be things that you have um, learned and honed as a VA and that are now really paying off for your own business efforts as well. Um, not just your VA business. Yeah, that's that is. I couldn't have done what I'm doing now if I didn't have my VA business. I have learned mm. so much. There is a reason why things happen. I think I just like you say. I learned so many sort of systems and processes that I use to help my clients that I use now for my business and that help mm. me so much. So I do not regret that in any way. I absolutely feel like it was the right thing for me to do at the time um and I don't know if I would have been ready to you know go for this new business before it took me to to do what I uh, to do the VA stuff to learn all that to learn about marketing myself to have clients to run a business to do something like the runway this that Mm. was the runway for me it was the thing that allowed me to learn and this is yeah this new thing is benefiting so what is your perfect, if such a thing exists, meal? My perfect meal. Everybody laughs at me when I, when I talk about what would be my last meal. Because <laughs> do you know what I love, Deirdre? Cauliflower cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so well nice. now tell me the secret of your cauliflower cheese. The secret of my cauliflower cheese is a really good bechamel of cheddar really good Irish cheddar cheese uh, mm. don't scrimp on the cheddar is what I would say um, you can add lots of other fancy cheeses in you know people like adding mm-hmm. parmesan and maybe you know but no I just go with the classic Irish cheddar it's delicious isn't that so funny cauliflower cheese like, that is just not what <laughs> you know I'm, I'm in Provence I should be talking about you know snails and you know gorgeous you know French vegetables well, and there, there's that there's that word should again who says exactly <laughs> it's in the exactly so I just I'm being real. It's cauliflower cheese. I love it. <laughs> so, Judith, um, what? where should people go to find out about what you're doing and to maybe take inspiration from you and your um, and your journey? The best place is to come and join me in my free group on Facebook. Probably that's the best place to get an intro because it's free and, you know, just come and see see what I'm up to. I post mm-hmm. every day on there. Uh, we have a lot of foodie chat going on. It's really a really nice space. Um, you can also just come to my website. It's myfoodinfrance.com. Come and see what's happening over there. I'm also on LinkedIn. Judith Keys is my name, K-E-Y-S. Just come and, come and see me over on LinkedIn too. I'm on various other platforms, but they are probably the best places to get a really good idea. Of what I'm up Fantastic. to and to join in. 
we'll pop all those in the show notes as well. Judith, listen, thank you so much for sharing um, part of your journey with us. And I wish you every success for your, uh, your foodie future. Thank you so much, Deirdre. It's been lovely to be on. Thanks. You're still here? Great. Look, I know there's a lot to choose from out there, so thanks for flying with Ambition Incubator Airlines. And I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously, though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice and bite-sized brain science every week. 